what's up there, super dope listener? Uh, hey, it's Kyle. Happy Monday. Uh, so we're supposed to have a bunch of shit drop today. And um, yeah, I've been, uh, without getting too into the story, um, I've been kind of hurting the last few days. Like, it hurts to move my neck. Um, yeah, so I've been laid up, uh, not moving too, too much. But I want to start getting this shit out today. So, uh I think I don't know if this is me just like trying to rationalize or like make myself feel better about not being able to drop all the shit at once or what, but um it's probably better to put them out episode after episode. So here's the first episode. Uh me and tons of fun talking about Promise Neverland. Uh tomorrow we'll have another one. Wednesday we'll have another one. Thursday we'll have yet another one. Uh so four new episodes dropping this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, we'll see what the fuck happens on Friday. Um, Patreon stuff, maybe. Uh, at least Death Note, I hope. Um, yeah, uh, it's all good in the hood, baby. Uh, I can kind of move today, so trying to catch up on work. Uh, all right, I'm done bitching. Uh, enjoy me and Carlton, a.k.a. Tons of Fun, a.k.a. Lunchbox, a.k.a. My Gay Best Friend since I was 11 years old, talking about The Promised Neverland Season 1. Spoilers ahead, so I don't want to fucking hear it, man. It's a full-on discussion about little baby children getting raised in an orphanage-type barn setting for bad reasons. Enjoy the new theme song. Okay, bye. What? It's not gonna get old for me, ever. <laughs> I just love yelling. <laughs> Super dope anime hour. Probably won't be an hour, but you know it's just for the sake of the name. Do you like the saxophones, Carlton? I'm expecting like a WWE wrestler to start walking in. <laughs> maybe, maybe I wanted you to be that wrestler. With all your fucking clad uh, leather, with all your fucking <laughs> leather and chains and stuff, <laughs> and your yeah. fucking Oregon Trail T-shirt. Yo, you've died of dysentery. <laughs> so what's happening right now? Um, we've been talking about April for a bit, and uh, here's the thing about April. Uh, the thing for April was I wanted April to be when we stopped talking about Dragon Ball, not exclusively, uh, not totally. Allow me to rephrase. Uh, having been a Dragon Ball-specific podcast since uh, our beginning in August 2017, that first, like, you know, seven months was pretty dope. <laughs> it's now been uh, a year last week since Dragon Ball Super went off the air. And allegedly, that shit's coming back to, to the air in July, which not confirmed by Toei yet, but it's been reported by many a reputable source that it's coming back in July. So we'll see what happens in July. Uh, in the meantime, we intend to cover other animes uh, to fill the gap. So if Super comes back in July, rest assured, Dragon Ball Super Dope and the iteration that you are familiar with will come the fuck back. And you will hear us go, and all that shit, for sure. Uh, because Dragon Ball is, I've said it many times, and I think a lot of you fucks think I'm kidding around when I say it. Um, I love Dragon Ball. It's one of the only things I love. I genuinely hate most things. I'm a hating ass bitch. But Dragon Ball, 
It's life, man. It's life for me. It's life for me. So if it comes back in January, rest assured, we will be going back and, and covering Dragon Ball. Maybe at that point in time, we talk about being a, a twice a week podcast, uh, keeping the general anime stuff going while also doing Dragon Ball Super Dope at the same time. Uh, but until we know what's going on with Super, we intend to cover other animes in the meantime. And we're going to be doing that today. Me and tons of fun just binge watched the first season of The Promised Neverland last week. And uh, there was a lot of hype built up around it. And I was like, hey, tons of fun. Carlton, Lunchbox. Uh, what else do I call you? I don't know. Tons of fun. Yeah. F- fuckface. Asshole. <laughs> uh, hey Carlton This anime is really cool uh, Or so everybody tells me It's got a pretty cool premise Here's the premise um, Have you watched it? Nah And wh- Yeah I was really <laughs> surprised That you hadn't watched it You watched like every goddamn weirdo anime Under the sun But you haven't watched This very popular one I didn't like the cover The art just didn't impress No it didn't <laughs> the, the, the art of the cover I lo- just scrolled right through it was like, Art does eh. nothing for me Nah And I refuse to acknowledge it Nah even though, I mean, when you saw the art, did you hear of the series by that point? And been no. like, no? No. So, a lot of anime Twitter um, has been singing this series high praise since the manga started coming out in 2016. Uh, when it was put into an anime, these first 13 episodes uh, started last year. The season premiere, excuse me, the season finale uh, for that first season just happened this past Thursday. So... This is fresh shit. We're recording this shit on April Fool's Day. This probably won't drop for at least a week or two. So maybe a week. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see when it drops. But rest assured, this is no April Fool's prank. Um, we we sat down and watched 13 fucking episodes of The Promised Neverland. So um, we're now going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, this first 13 episode series. If you have not watched it, fuck the fuck off if you're sensitive to spoilers because we are going to be talking pretty spoilery. But... Um, for those of you who um, have decided to stick around now uh, or have watched the show, I just want to, for the sake of the listener, give you a brief synopsis, uh, something that I would probably say to Carlton if I was like, yo, tons of fun, let's watch this show. And he was like, meh, I don't like the cover <laughs> art. <laughs> <laughs> meh, this isn't doing it for me. Not enough, not enough dudes. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, set in the year 2045, Emma is an 11-year-old orphan living in Grace Field House, a small orphanage housing her and her 30 fucking seven siblings. 37 kids, 38 kids under one roof. Life has never been better with food that tasted like gourmet, plush beds, snow white uniforms, and the love of their mother, the caretaker Isabella, as well as the litany of daily exams that Emma always aced with her two best friends, Ray and Norman. Ray and Norman. The orphans are basically allowed to do whatever they want except venture out of the compounds or the gate that connects the house to the outside world. One fateful night, an orphan named Connie. Connie. Not Annie. Not Orphan Annie. Orphan Connie. They're all... Oh, Carney. Like orphan Carney. Carney, <laughs> yes. I feel like Carney. all, all Carnies are orphans to some extent. On a fateful <laughs> night, an orphan named Connie is sent away to be adopted. But Emma and Norman followed her after noticing that she had left her stuffed rabbit toy, Little Bonnie, back at the house. Sneaking out, they find Connie dead. <laughs> Straight up, they find little orphan Carney dead. <laughs> and the truth of existence of the supposed orphanage to be a farm where human children are raised as food for demonic creatures. What? Worse still, 
Isabella is in allegiance with the demons, ripping away at everything the two ever thought they knew. Determined to break out of Gracefield House, Norma and Emma partner up with Ray to peel away at the facade of the farm. Norma. Norma. You said Norma. Norma. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Determined to break out of the Gracefield House, Norman Foxy. <laughs> Carney <Determined>, and Norma. <laughs> Determined to break out of Gracefield House, Norman and Emma partner up with Ray to peel away at the facade of the farm and find a way to escape with all their other siblings. So what's up? farmhouse in the middle of nowhere with a 30 fucking eight kids to one adult you want to talk about fucking public education spending even that math is awful public education advises 15 students to one fucking teacher this is one mama to 38 fucking kids some of which many of which are under the age of four how many diapers a day does that woman have to change how many shitty assholes does she have to wipe 38 kids is a lot for one fucking person and it's like, all right, well, it's anime world, so cool. Everything. She probably cool. doesn't make minimum wage, so. I, I assume she gets paid well. <laughs> I assume the perks of being a mama in the Promised Neverland world is probably similar to that of being a priest in that, uh, you know, they give you a place to live. They give you all your food. Everything's paid for. They still pay you a little bit, but, mm. like, you don't really need that money at all because no. you're busy wiping 38 assholes every goddamn day <laughs> by yourself. One to thirty-eight is a terrible ratio, but whatever. We'll suspend disbelief because it's an anime, and it's like ah. They probably get the older kids to help. Maybe I can picture Emma and Ray and Norman wiping ass for sure. Uh, Emma, I mean, we'll talk more about Emma and what she, the two paths that Emma could or could not take uh, at a certain point here. But Mm. yeah, man, that's a lot of ass. That's a lot of poop. Um, shitty. It's a shitty job. So, all right, we suspend disbelief and just take that in. All right, weird orphanage situation. And then Connie's getting adopted, and it's like, oh, cool. Connie's going to find a fucking family for her and little Bonnie. And then it's like, oh, she forgot her little Bonnie. And then they run it down to the gate, and they're like, oh, shit, she's dead. Never mind. She doesn't need. She wasn't just dead. She was, like, horribly dead. It was like. She was, like, brutally mutilated. She's, and like, she's like, I think she's four years blue. old. Yeah. Uh, no, I think she's six. All right, six. Six. Not much of a difference, but enough of a difference to say she's six and not four. The flesh of a child. <laughs> the way you said that with like some uh, <laughs> some appetite in your tone. <laughs> I don't appreciate the way that you talk about the flesh of children. So they harvest children. That's the thing. When you finally find Connie dead there, and you're like, "Hey, little bunny, what's up?" Never mind. It's a dead baby. What do we What do we do? Uh, okay, we get a glimpse of the demons, I think. They run away, or at least they find out about the demons. And Mom is like, mm. The only thing that confused me is why was there a... F- I was like, There's a- is that a flower sticking out of her chest? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, the fuck? Oh, you mean... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the chip, right? Connie, Connie has they, the flower um, come out, right? They actually impale them through the heart with the flower. And that's what initially kills them. And it's a white flower, which the petals turn red as it sucks up the blood. Oh. Yeah. I didn't catch all of that. What I thought They do it that was... later in, uh, in, the, in the series, too. With Lady Crone it. or Sister Crone. Sister Crone. When she yep. dies, the, I see. I remember the flower coming out of her. Yep. But I thought that had something to do with like the scars that the moms had no, on their chest. No, they, they throw the flower into you. They impale you with it. Oh, I thought the demons yeah. kill you. Yeah. Wow, that's fucked. <laughs> I was like... Holy shit. Talk about a beautifully brutal way to murder somebody. Yes. 
beautifully brutal. New band name, I call it. <laughs> so Emma and Norman at that point run back to the house, not really sure what the fuck to do. Um, they quickly find allegiance with Ray, who's... <sighs> All right. Right out the gate, I looked at Ray, and I was like... You're the emo kid. What's up, baby Vegeta? I know you. <laughs> Yeah, you fucking, you feel an inferior to Norman every once in a while, huh? You respect his game, you respect his skills, his abilities, his athletic prowess, perhaps even. But you know that you're just as smart, Ray. You know the world. You've seen some shit. You've done some things. I can tell just by that long look on your face and that fucking one bang cover, one eye, dude. <laughs> I can tell. Baby Vegeta. <laughs> I mean, fucking Sasuke, Diet Sasuke is how I heard it described earlier today. Mm, and I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. even as somebody who doesn't fucking watch that show, I'm like, all right, no, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think Sasuke is definitely given that Vegeta treatment or that Vegeta, like putting that Vegeta column. Um, you know what I mean? So Ray automatically hopped off the page to me. I say the page, but I watched the anime, not the manga. Uh, I read the manga. Ray as a character jumped out to me right away, and I was like, shit, I'm going to love this little fuck. And sure enough, the ability that these kids have, Ray, Emma, and Norman, going into, they're all 11 years old, they're going into their 12th year. As you learn more about them shipping, them, uh, as you learn more about Mother Isabella shipping these kids off to these demons and shit, you find that prime time for these kids to get sent off is on their 12th birthday. Age to perfection. Because at that point, <laughs> their brains have developed fully enough. And the whole premise of having them grow up in this, you know, idyllic little fucking farmhouse scenario, 38 to 1, shitty job for fucking Isabella, but whatever, is for them to be able to have a full, happy life, eat the best food, be really smart. It's good for, like, the makeup of the product that the demons want to eat. No fear, well-developed brain. It's just happiness. Yeah. Exactly. The happiness breeds the most delicious product. So, and we we learn throughout these first 13 episodes that ideally, they're really after that fucking brain. And it's really dependent on how the brain sort of formulates within these kids. And that's why there's so much value put on Emma, Ray, and Norman. That gives them a little bit of a longer leash, even though they're dealing with this mom who's in allegiance with these demons who could very easily just be like, you know what? Fuck you, kids. I'm going to take you out back and snap your neck. Or... I'm going to just ship you out now. She's like, no, nah, I got to wait till they age to perfection if I'm going to get the... It's more about quality over quantity, and it's more about profit versus uh, you know, limiting the potential to lose profit through these people. Free range. Chickens. Essentially. Not, free, not, free range people. Free range people. Free range people. <laughs> I mean, Norman's an albino, like, borderline autistic genius who can fucking put together this amazing plan to try to outwit his mom. And Ray also being on that level of Norman. And Emma's probably in terms of like, I don't know. I, I think if you have to like look at what the strengths are for the three main characters, Norman's your one, Ray's your two, Emma's your three. In terms of like smarts and planning and strategery. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of interswitch Norman and Ray probably. Emma, on the other hand, if you look at more things like um, physical ability and just the ability to be a good leader, as you see throughout... Because eventually what they come to the, the plan is, they're like, all right, well, we're all going to be 12 soon. And uh, I'm not trying to get eaten by no demons because that would suck for a 12th birthday party. So we need to get the fuck out of here. Happy birthday, your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, you taste delicious. <laughs> like That's basically what this whole thing comes down to. 
they all devised the plan of we gotta get the fuck up out of here. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to go beyond the gate. We're not allowed to go beyond the wall. We need to. We don't know what's out there, but we do know that if we stay here, we are literally demon food. So it doesn't make sense. So a big theme that comes in throughout this, I mean, you get the you've got like that mental struggle between Mama being the adult in the house who, like, knows how things work with the outside and knows how things work with the demons and has raised these babies since they was babies. And now she's your fucking enemy. The one the one lifeline that you've had your entire life, your one saving grace, the one adult, she's actually just raising you to kill you and, and sell you to demons. So how does that make you feel? Feels like maybe my mom's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like maybe I don't like her anymore. Feels like maybe I need to get the fuck out of here. So the three older kids kind of devise this plan to get the fuck up out of here. And that's more or less the arc of this first season, this first 13 episodes, is the arc of them trying to escape from Gracefield House or whatever the fuck it's called. The orphanage. The barn. Little house on the prairie. Except it's not little, it's big. Well, that's pretty much your your arc over this first season. It's like the psychological tension between these two, three really smart kids and this one super smart adult. It's like psychological uh, back and forth that, I mean, if you're listening to this now, you already know we just dropped Death Note as an entire series for our Patreon. Uh, you can go purchase that now for a flat fee. I wonder what the, flea, what the fee is. Um, <laughs> the flea is. Yeah, I wonder what the flea is. I wonder what the, I wonder what the fee is. Um there's a lot of back and forth between Light Yagami and L, just like psychologically. Like, I think he'll do this. So that means he'll think that I do this. So that means that I should do this in order to combat him thinking that I'll do this. Like, there's just like, a lot of like thinking three to five steps ahead at times. Like, it's a fucking chess. That's Norman match. and Ray. It's Norman and Ray and Mama. For the longest for sure. time. It, it's all of it. I mean, Norman and Ray, uh, Norman and Ray in those first few episodes, before they like kind of um, formally make the alliance, like they're kind of feeling each other out. Mm-hmm. And then. Especially when you find out that there's a double agent among the kids who's reporting information to Mama. Gasp. And that person ends up being Ray. Gasp. One of the three <laughs> people who's, you know, trying to plan this escape. You're the motherfucker who's been reporting shit to Mama. And he, all that kind of back and forth, that double crossing, that trickery. It's tough to follow at times. It's very fast. Thankfully, the series isn't only about that. Like, Death Note is almost exclusively has episode yeah a 22 minute episode can be a line of thought like that back and forth between two characters well did he do this oh as i expected he did well that's why i did this instead oh i knew that you thought i would have done that and you would have prepared to do that by this so that way i did like that's how fucking death note plots work out that's why i read a synopsis for every fucking episode we did on that this one doesn't rely too heavily on that back and forth but it helps set up or like give you examples of just how outstanding these kids are you know, and then you also have like the extra um, detail kind of filled in by the fact that they're taking IQ tests and shit every day to like gauge how heavy their fucking brain is. I don't know. I think they do a real good job with uh, kind of setting up what you can expect from your main protagonists and at the same time taking a character who is literally, you look at her, she's just a mom. You shouldn't be afraid of a mom, but somehow. I feel she- like a lot of us are afraid of our mothers. What are you talking about? <laughs> You shouldn't be afraid of a mother who, on the surface, among 38 kids, is that accessible and loving and open. And, uh, I mean, every time you see her, 
and they talk about it too later on and like the, the flip side of it she's always got a kid in her hand she's always just taking care of babies and then later on it's like yeah man she's always just got a kid in her hand she's always just taking care of babies so that way we can't run with all the babies because that way she'll keep a few for herself for the demons but in the first few episodes you got no idea so that way when you find out that she's in allegiance with these fucking baby eating demons that it's like but mom you you're my mom but now you're a bitch. <laughs> so the psychological thriller aspect, you know, that's part uh, of being able to set up your characters as strong protagonists who are realistically going to be able to combat with these full-grown fucking adults. Um, now, we've got Mama for those first two, three episodes. Then they bring in Sister Crone. Um, and that's kind of like our first peek into like the middle management aspect <laughs> of, of children harvesting for demon brain eating. Is that the business? I don't know, man. Sister Crone scared the hell out of me, though. She is uh She's a crazy lady. Yeah. She got a little stuffed baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Sister Crone shows up on the scene. She's, you know, basically mom is like backup. She's extra eyes to try to figure out, like, who are these kids who are plotting an escape? We know something's up. And she's loud. And she talks to herself a lot. And she fucking sings out loud all the time to herself. Like I do. But... She doesn't do it with any microphones on. She just does it by herself in a room <laughs> to a weird little stuffed baby with like a sewn back on face. It's it's fucked. Uh, you got to think that baby is some kind of like uh, symbiology of uh, like her as a baby and then her kind of coming to the facts of, oh, no, if I don't take this mama role. Because as you go forward, Sister Crone really gives you the peek into – like how somebody does become a mother. Like if all these kids are raised on a fucking free range human farm, uh, <laughs> if they're all raised on a free range human farm, how does, how do the adults make it out? Like, and basically the mamas who raised both sister crone and mama Isabella, they recognized, they were like, Hey, you got some real maternal qualities to you. You're real good with them babies. Let me tell you a little secret. We're going to kill you next month. So that sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to you want to be a mom? And they're like, be a mom. I'm I'm like 11. They're like, nah, we don't mean like right now. Listen, hear us out. Hear us out. We've got a real nice demon boot camp we're going to send you to. We're going to continue to give you IQ tests. So we're going to figure out which one of y'all we're going to knock up first. Right around your 18th birthday. 19th, 20th. I think it's 1920. Somewhere in there, if I do the math out from what we learned in the last episode. Yeah, because Elizabeth is like 31. Exactly. She's 31, so it's got to be tw about 20. Um, so around 20, after we send you to Demon Boot Camp, we'll knock you up with a baby. And uh, you're really good, so we'll give you the best farm, uh, the best plant, I think they start calling them. We'll give you the uh, the best plant to run in uh, our series of human plants. It won't be that be dope. Is that the best recruiting method <laughs> to get the best quality talent to raise your babies it's like hey you want to be a mom not really well we're gonna kill you okay i'll be a mom all right, okay sure <laughs> all right yeah never mind you That's... put it that way <laughs> ultimatum understood i will totally be a mom put a little human baby in me so you can turn him into veal someday is that like the best structure to recruit in your middle management team because when you think about it that line of mentality, uh, do it or you're going to die. Oh, okay. 
is what eventually led to these kids being able to escape at the end. Um, basically, the maternal qualities, uh, you see it through Sister Crone, who like genuinely has some feelings of effect or moments of like genuine affection for these kids before Mama realizes what's going on. Basically, Sister Crone's like, yo, I'm going to get this bitch fired. I'm going to take her job, and it's going to be sweet. And these little fucking autistic albino kids are going to help me get it done. <laughs> and Mama Isabella is like, no, the fuck you ain't. Get the fuck out of my house. You got a promotion, bitch. And she sends her down to the gate to get a promotion. <laughs> promoted she, to death. Yeah. Promoted <laughs> to fucking impaled by a flower demon. Oh my God. Talk about some serious that was like a scary scene. Mm-hmm. And that scene in particular, like you see the gate come down and she gets trapped in this thing with this big ass fucking demon. And you're like, oh man, how much of it are they gonna show? And then this really dopey, like upbeat kind of playful music comes on and I'm like <laughs> what the fuck is this and then it starts showing flashbacks to her as a kid and I'm like oh no and it gives you a little bit of insight as to the path she had to take to be able to get to be a mama in the first place she didn't want to die she took the deal you end up finding out in episode 13 Isabella similar kind of path she was on the farm she had her own version of a Norman who played a mandolin under a tree all goddamn day and she's like what's up what's that sound what's that song play that song again (laughs) and then homeboy gets set the fuck off to get graduate they call it like a graduation but it's 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 death now that's one of my questions too what happens to all the men like then they can't all become food i mean eventually you're gonna have to like what happens the episode that they take norman Norman doesn't get killed by the demon. No. He gets, they point him at another room, and then that's the last you see of him. Is he off, like, breeding people now? I <laughs> I'd like to think he's off fighting the fucking resistance. Like, and, and that's something that I was talking with MJ about it this morning, and she's like, You know, Norman's alive, right? And I'm like, Yeah, no shit. Did yeah, you think of he was dead? And he's I knocking guess bitches that, up right now. It would be doing. really easy to, I mean, there's a certain point where it's like, it's Norman's 12th birthday, and he's like, oh, all right, it's my 12th birthday. And everyone's like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Run away now. Fuck our plan. Run out of here now. He's like, nah. Nah. That'll probably draw suspicion to us. So I'll just go. It's cool. You guys get out afterwards, though. I don't want to raise any red flags to our crazy-ass mom. Okay. <laughs> But, like, you have to know he's not going to be dead after that. He figured somehow he's the smartest motherfucker in this place. Ugh. It's the, the anime's an, it's an okay watch. It was fairly predictable for me. Certain parts of it were kind of predictable, I think. Like, I really, I was like, okay, I know how this is going to go. I've seen stuff like this before. Yep. Every ep- episode, except for the last one, ends on a cliffhanger. Yep. So that makes you you need to now need to watch the next episode. Although, if you think about how thirteen doesn't end on a cliffhanger, it's because they just finished crossing a cliff. That, I was about to say that. Bing, That's because <laughs> zip line, close hanger style. That's not an abortion Yo, joke. I was watching that and I'm like, someone needs to fall. <laughs> I really hope somebody falls. I thought one of them would have. I was so hoping for. It. I was like, wow. Jesus. Wow. I want to see how far that pit goes down. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's fucking far. 
Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, you just fall into affinity. <laughs> I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. So I think we can both agree that Promise Neverland is just a metaphor for uh, growing up, right? Like right around age 12, you're about ready to uh, start venturing out into the world a little bit more on your own, become your own person a little you're bit. You're happy, and then you hit puberty, and everything goes downhill from there. And then you become brain food. <laughs> brain food. <laughs> no, seriously, though, like it, it is, it has to be a metaphor for growing up and being not, you know, figuratively eaten alive by the outside world, by the adults, by the responsibilities that you start to take when you get to that next part of your life. Granted, we're talking about 12 year olds here. What I'm probably talking more about is in line with the traditional age of, say, 18 to 21, when kids start to, you know, be able to vote and fucking get their own apartments and, you know, do shit on their own. Uh, maybe 12 years old is a little bit early, but like you said, the puberty thing could kind of play into it. Um, it's Am I wrong in thinking that? And then for adulthood, when you've finally had enough and you try to escape or you want to escape, your heart explodes out of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I guess, but it's like you really just want to get away from it all, but you can't because there's a bomb inside your chest. That was the other thing with Isabella and all the rest of them. They have a bomb inside of their chest. Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, the bomb is what I fucked up and thought about was yeah. the flower thing. Okay, got it. Um, I don't. Know. I think it's a big metaphor and like trying to shield. I mean, if you take away the whole brain food demon part of it. It's very much we want you to stay indoors. We want you to stay safe. We want you to and it, it, again. Put aside the fact that they're being raised to be food. Um, this is how parents would typically tend to treat their children. I mean, at least a, a normal, I guess, parent. <laughs> I don't know. Normal's kind of a bad word to use, I guess. But Okay, so people nowadays baby the shit out of and nurture their children and isolate them, shield them from everything. And that's how these kids pretty much are. Yeah. You have no idea what the real world is like. Way to go. Tons of fun. You fucking hit it. So... I think uh, that metaphor is very strong, but when you look on the outside of it, it's like, all right, what are they protecting them from? Death, destruction. Now, obviously, death and destruction don't ignorance. Lots and lots of ignorance. I don't know if it's ignorance. I think it's just people who want to use them. The children are all ignorant. I mean, they have no idea what the world is like. They have well, yeah, no idea. ignorance is. They for could them. prepare for this kind of stuff, but instead, they're just being coddled nurtured and and ignorant to the world and what's going to happen and what's going to happen in their small insignificant lives but it's because they're probably raised especially in this situation to not question the norm it's like this is just how it always is this is how it always was this is how it always will be this is how we do things here why question why why if the one rule is to not wander out beyond the fucking gates or the wall I can fuck with that rule. I've got no other responsibilities or things to be concerned about other than that. Denial, bargaining, acceptance. Grief. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much what Are a lot of it stages is. stages of grief? A lot of it. Yeah. Look at Isabella. So I think there's a lot of interesting parallels between Isabella and Emma, and you see a lot of it in the last episode. Mm -hmm. um, so much of young Emma you see uh, – excuse me, so much of young Isabella reminds you of Emma. Like they both have like that perky demeanor and they're always smiling. They're always happy. And it's a stark contrast to Isabella now who, while she does put on that fucking artificial smile when she's in front of her kids, she'll freaking bust your leg. <laughs> 
And then I was like, ooh. And then she'll hold you against her bosoms afterward and be like, it's okay, baby. It's, it's okay. A, oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. And, like, the weird part about that scene to me is Emma tries to run, do a check shit out. Mama chases her down, snaps her fucking knee, shin, whatever. And then Mama, like, scoops her up and coddles her. It's and, okay. And, her. and Emma... <laughs> fully leans into her her mom even though this woman literally just seconds ago snapped her fucking shin it's still her mom for the last 11 12 years and it's like her instinct is to want to be coddled and held and protected by that woman even though that woman is actively plotting their demise but it's an 11 year old girl and this is the only thing she's ever known to be your mother mm-hmm. i think there's certain themes i don't want to say child abuse but I think it's like a pattern of uh, like a cycle, repeating cycle. There is always this desire to, when certain things go down, the person who quote unquote nurtured you is the person that you want there to fall back on. Like I was just watching this thing on Queer Eye the other day. Uh, this uh, trans man just had his top surgery, completely disowned by his entire family for the whole thing, but. He remembers right after the surgery, the first thing he wanted was his mother, who had completely disowned him his yeah. entire life. It just, nothing wanted to do with them. And that nurturing person, the person that you're supposed to, who's supposed to be the person to protect you, it it's hard to... Turn it off. Yeah, you're basically. You're just like wired to want that. Exactly. Um, so the cycle of abuse, I mean, the parallels between Emma and Isabella are that Isabella sees this one option where the only way she can live is to take the deal, go to demon fucking boot camp, become a mama, raise her children. And basically the way that she justifies it in her own brain, again, this is this is like textbook of a, of a victim trying to cope with the fact that they're being... They don't want to die. They don't want to die, but like they have to also somehow cope with the idea that what they're doing is completely fucked. So in order for them to be able to like function on a day-to-day basis, do what they have to do, they have to somehow reasonably justify it in their brain. And in mama's case, it's, well, I'm giving them the best life they could ever possibly ask for. I really do genuinely love these kids. I know at the end of the day what has to be done, and it hurts me to have to... Basically, give up my fucking babies for brain food every once goddamn fucking couple months. Um, but on the other hand, it's like this is the circumstances. This is the chains that I'm bound with, bound by. But at the same time, why wouldn't you want to secretly try and raise children to be able to fight back against this kind of stuff? Why? Why would you also want to bring a child into the world at that point? Like she has her own kid. Yeah. Why would you want to try bring a child in the world knowing that they're just going to be, you know, on someone's dinner plate because with some fava beans and a nice candy? That's the deal. It's like, did you just oh. drop a Hannibal Lecter joke? Yeah, I did. Because okay, <laughs> that's that's the deal. That's what she's got to do to in order to to survive herself. She has to have the baby. Who this is the only. Th- like you said, a lot of this stuff, the way that the show is structured, each episode more or less ends on a cliffhanger, except the last one where they finally get the fuck off the cliff. Uh, the only thing I didn't kind of piece together, at least a few episodes in advance, and looking back now, I, I guess I kind of should have, is the fact that Isabella, the mother, does have her own kid uh, in Ray. Uh, number two in terms of intellect to Norman. Um kind of explains why he's the traitor 
explains why he's the double agent, explains why she was able to let herself be manipulated by him to some extent. And why he gets away with so much shit. Exactly. And he and he also receives a bunch of shit. I mean, in order to be um, the traitor, he makes the arrangement like, all right, I'll do it, but like, I want some shit. And he's completely aware of what's going on too. Um, that transparency that Isabella has with Ray and not the other kids is probably, it has to be because like, you're my only son. You're my actual son. I know it. Ray knew it too. Although by when she sees him or she talks to him at the end, it's like, oh, how do you know? Did you get that feeling that she was surprised she, that he knew? So he said that if you remember earlier in the earlier episodes, he mentions how he remembers everything, everything from pieces. birth, from and, having been and born. And he does like that long thing about how he remembers his first memory of him being in a warm liquid and the voice of somebody singing on the outside. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's a scene like in the next episode or two of her going through all the baby rooms or all the baby beds in the baby room because there's like 55 fucking babies out of 38 kids and she's humming the similar song to all of them as she goes through it at like 2 in the morning. If I was going through a baby room at 2 in the morning, I'm not humming shit. <laughs> That's all I could think while I watched that scene, honestly. I'm not humming shit. What if one of these little fucks wakes up? Then what am I doing for the next hour sitting up with a baby? What yeah, if all of them one wakes up? Yeah, Fuck exactly that. what's going to happen. One cries, they all cry. I'm not trying to babysit 62 babies. <laughs> I'm not trying to hang out with 94 babies. It's, these babies, there's just more babies. Hey, Suddenly man. more babies. Brain food's popular. <laughs> um, so, like, I think Isabella being Ray's biological mother was the only thing that I didn't really see coming. Um, but I'm glad that that was the case because it um, – validates that little shred of evil that Ray has in his soul that I instantly that, that little shred of evil in my soul instantly mm -hmm. recognized. I feel like this whole series can go someplace though. Um a lot of it was predictable to me. Yep. I kind of saw a lot of this coming. But there's a lot of areas that leaves a lot of questions to be asked. Um the the books with all the secret coded messages in them. Yeah. Um Minerva. now that they're yeah, exactly. So now that they're gone, like, now we're going to get start seeing the regular, hopefully a little bit more of the regular world. I want to see what the political situation is like. Like, what's going, is this an isolated area that nobody knows about? Is it an isolated incident that only a few people know about? Yeah. Or is this how the world is? Like, Yeah, what goes on? I mean, basically the world is completely unexplored outside of what we've seen. Like, we don't know what anything is like. We know that there's a few other plants besides the one that we've seen through these first 13 episodes. I think there's five in total. But they're all – but as you realize in the episodes, they're all all connected in one area. Yeah. All yeah, this little exactly. thing. So when they get outside beyond those walls, is it like the regular world and – like does only a handful of people know about these demons or yeah do the demons run the world i mean is what what kind of is their president demon and they're shaking hands with the president of japan going yeah let's harvest babies so you don't kill us all demon. prime minister of japan <laughs> prime minister demon <laughs> like i i want to see what the world is actually like that that's what i'm i'm looking forward to when they make how more far episodes. it, it kind of stretches i mean it's mm. 
they've given us a real strong foundation to work off of. We have like a basic idea of how this thing works, and that gives them room to be able to work one way or another way to be able to expand or maybe even contract. Who knows? Um, but and then when does Norman show up again? Point. And does he try and kill anyone? Does he becomes a bad guy? Does he stay as a good guy? No way. Norman's Maybe. good to the end, mm-hmm. man. Norman's about to meet up with his crew after they've been thinking he's dead for like two months. And that was another kind of confusing part too was as they're doing the final escape. So like basically they spend the whole fucking season, these 38 kids, just running around playing tag in like formations, tagging one another, uh, doing like recon for certain items and strategy to try to escape and come up with a plan to get the fuck out they basically just training so they're training and they're training they're training they're training and they could finally get to the escape and it's like oh ballsy ass escape and as they're running along all of a sudden you just see fucking norman who by the way is i wasn't kidding before he does look like an albino he's got super super pale skin super super white hair i want to put him in a little black suit and a hat with the wide brim because he looks like he could be like a little Amish kid to me. Yeah. For some reason. I like the way the moms dress and the way grandma dressed. And I, ex- I, I, that's what I expect him to be wearing. Like, he looks like he should be a little Amish boy. <laughs> I can't wait to fucking get to see grandma a little bit more. That bitch strikes but, ooh. <laughs> Like, she only shows up for like less than six seconds. But when you see her, you're like, don't fuck with grandma. Oh, whoa. Grandma will rip your eyes out. <laughs> Understood. G-Law. She she first shows up. She got this huge ass demon behind her. It's like, yeah. and no fucks are given at all. Like she's like not flinching. She's like, "What's up? This is my crew. <laughs> Me and this dude kick it every day. <laughs> we went to Burger King last week. <laughs> Somebody BK was trying. Lounge. <laughs> Somebody was fucking thinking that we were taking too long to place our order. They beeped out the fucking horn. Homeboy oh, got the fuck out the car. Guess what happened? Guess what? Happened? <laughs> That motherfucker's car is still in the Burger King driveway <laughs> parking lot right now. <laughs> Flipped the fuck over and exploded, demon style. <laughs> they do the ballsy ass escape. Norman, though, just like is running alongside of him all of a sudden. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this it's like, not, is yeah. this like spiritual Norman? I can't tell because his spiritual Norman would have the exact same skin tone and complexion as normal Norman. <laughs> So I'm like, wait a minute. He just like come the fuck out the trees. She just been hiding in the bushes for two hey weeks, two months. <laughs> hey guys, finally. I was wondering when you catch up. Norman, we thought you were dead. I've been eating bugs for weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had to eat a salamander. <laughs> they don't taste good. So that was tough for me to kind of discern. But like, I, I realized that when he's not there as they're doing the zip line off this fucking yeah. cliff, I'm like, all right, no Norman. So that was zip just- line with clothes hangers on cloth. Yeah. How in the fuck didn't that end badly? I was so, uh, I was still rooting for it. <laughs> I mean, there is that one moment where it's like these two kids <sighs> were like, oh, and Ray's like, what are you pussies? They're but like, when no. Ray had the extra body weight too, like the other shit, the child hanging Dude, on to it, I was, I was like, worried. they're going to fucking fall. I was worried Ray's twiggy little arms weren't going to be able to support him and the little baby. Yeah, all he does is read books. Yeah, he reads books, <laughs> plays with his fucking hair. Dude. I do want to talk about something very, it was the most what the fuck moment for me. And I think now that I've said it, you might already know what I'm talking about. Mm. Eventually to, 
you know, set the, they have to start a distraction to be able to get mama's uh, attention somewhere so that way they can be able to flee and get the fuck up out this place. So they set this huge fire after Ray does like this. Ray was going to kill himself. He's yeah. An 11-year-old boy douses himself in fucking gasoline just as the clock strikes 12 and he turns 12 and he lights up a match. And I'm like, yo. And then there's just a huge fire. So like they do a really cool thing in this anime, which is becoming more and more. I, my hero does it a lot sometimes too. Where like they'll show you what happens and then you're like, yo, what the fuck? And then like they'll bring it back after it's all wrapped up to be like, here's how that happened. <laughs> this is what really happened. Yeah, this is, now that now there that was you know actually a time lapse in yeah. between this. Now that you know how how it ends, here's what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray doesn't set himself on fire. Blah blah blah. They get the fuck out of there. Uh, Emma is in the room behind mama reacting to this fire and she's like emma get the fuck back you got to be safe yo you're my daughter and precious cattle and i've already had a bad week as it is so <laughs> just just stay right there i'm gonna fight this thing with a fire extinguisher Psh, no you're not that was a big fire for a fire extinguisher like props are trying to fucking fight it with that fire extinguisher but emma's like all right mom do what you feel like you gotta do and then when mama's like kind of coming to the fact that this is fucked She's like, Emma, we got to get out of here. And Emma's gone. Emma's gone. Emma's gone. Oh. Now, one thing I don't think we mentioned at all at this point is the fact that all of these kids have trackers. Yes. Uh, and their left ears, their upper left ears. Um, so that way, should they get some lost somewhere out in the compound or they're hiding or trying to escape, Mama Coon can go fucking smack their asses down. So Emma leaves the room. Mama turns around and realizes it. And she checks her little position thing, and she's like, hmm, where's Emma's chip at? And it's in the next room. Mama walks in that room, and it's looking pretty empty. There seems to be a couple sinks in the background and a bucket on the ground. Bucket is tipped over. The bottom of the bucket is facing Mama. She could not see the contents of the bucket. She walks over to the bucket, and she looks in the bucket. And there's an 11-year-old girl's fucking mutilated ear right there in the goddamn bucket. <laughs> that was, that was, oh my God. I Crystal stayed home from work today because her dog's sick. I sat down and started watching these last two episodes this morning. <laughs> and when that part came up, I went, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, yo, are you all right? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The anime girl cut her ear off. She's like, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> now that was brutal. I didn't even think about this till now, and I need to go back and check. But so Emma cut her ear off. Ray got his ear cut off too yep. to get the tracker. Do all the kids have the ears? What cut I off? didn't look on all the kids. I don't. I didn't think they pay all that. Do. I don't. Do they have trackers in them still? Did they get them disabled? Did I, they get their ears cut off too? I think they got them disabled. I We're gonna have remember. a whole race at half ear people. So <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're gonna like escape the compound and start breeding around the time they're sixteen, and they're ear. just gonna give birth to a fucking mutated line of one-eared freaks. <laughs> So Ray does uh, this whole thing by being a double agent for Mama. He gets all these fucking little pieces to be able to build a, a system because obviously yeah. he's an 11-year-old genius to be able to, like, disable the chips. I don't think remove them. Uh, they do get the scalpel from uh, yes from Sister Crone to, mm. like, be able to cut off a fucking ear if they've got to. Oh, that shit is brutal. But 
I don't recall seeing them use that device on no. all the little kids' ears. If it happens, Which is it happens basically off a freaking taser. Yeah, that thing is scary. Yeah. Looking. Um, and I think that they said, Mama said, if if you were to try to fuck, or maybe Sister Crone tells him, if you were to try to fuck with these trackers, it'll send an alert to us, and and we'll know that you're being a dick face. So uh, don't do that, okay? But then Ray's like. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a dick face all I want because my disabling device allows me to be a dick face without you knowing about it. So mm-hmm. dick face is here to stay. <laughs> dick face. <laughs> um, I don't know. The way in which um, this wraps up, I feel like Norman is probably the least fleshed out character. And I think, at least I thought through these first, basically he goes missing out of around episode, what, nine or something or ten? Yeah, he's not in it for most of two episodes out of the thirteen. Yeah, Um, and to that point, I was like, "All right, here's our here's the main dude. Here's our weird little albino eccentric master genius who's gonna lead us to freedom." Word, and then he's missing, and I'm like, "Actually, no. Maybe Emma is the hero. I know Ray's not the hero. I'm going back and forth. Is it Norma or Emma? Norma. Is it Norman or Emma? Who's like the main hero? I think it's Emma. It's it's Emma." Because yeah. she's got the most ties, the direct ties. I think when um, Norman was gone, Ray just kind of broke. And at that point, you realize that Emma is the one who's going to lead the charge on everything. Because, like, you don't, you still don't kind of expect it, but it, Emma's the glue. She's going to be the one to hold everything together and, and save it. Because Norman's gone now. That's his best friend. And so. even for Ray and Norman, she was very much the glue that, you know, kept them working Kept together them together, cohesively. too. I like it when they were like planning. Um, you could just break your leg. We'll break our legs too. All of us will have broken legs. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. <laughs> like what? No, the hell? no, no, bad idea. What if I just break my arm? Yeah, no, it's a bad idea. Break your arm. No, don't break your arm. Stop. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? There's not too many funny moments in this show, but that was one of the hilarious moments. And some of the sister crone shit is pretty funny too. Sick only because road. she's oh my God. so over the top with yes. her mannerisms and the songs and that creepy she's baby. She's so extra. Yeah, I love her. Wicked dude. extra. I love her to death. <laughs> it's also weird for me to know that sister crone is age twenty six and uh, mama is age thirty one, and yep. I will be age thirty uh, in the next uh, two months. And uh, yeah, in my brain, Mama Crone and Isabella, I guess, are probably like sixty. And I'm like, yeah, escape those evil adults. Fuck them. Because I, I identify with the children because I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. So many... You can't be a Toys R Us kid anymore. Because they bankrupt, bitch. <laughs> so does that mean we can use their music and jingles and catchphrases now because they cannot Maybe. sue us? Probably not. No more Toys R Us kids. No more getting shoes that pay less. <laughs> yeah, the retail apocalypse is real. Yeah. What do we do? Swansea Mall's closing. Yeah, it's it, yesterday was the last day. Yep. Shit's closed. It's yep. done. This is what happens when you open up a Walmart in the parking lot. What happens when you open up a Walmart <laughs> in the parking lot and you let the Walmart kind of say, all right, we're Walmart, we're coming in, and these are all the things you have to do for us. And uh, yeah, we're not going to do anything for you guys. And they take up all the fucking. Re- <laughs> like, have you driven into Swansea? Mall? I know we're getting real fucking regional on y'all right now, but you, I, I have to do this. All right. The other day, I went to go pull into Swansea Mall. I forgot. What the fuck? No, I went to. Uh, actually, <laughs> I was going to Walmart. Um, <laughs> I was like, what did I go to the mall for? I didn't. I went to, I went to Walmart. Same entrance. I uh, went the back road when you take that left off Route 6. Go well, by the I'm going to pave that. 
dude, I pulled in and my bumper almost fucking stayed there, like in a pothole. Like, and mm-hmm. then there's a big sign halfway through. It's like, not a public way, cross at your own risk. And I'm like, since fucking when? Since when is this not a public way? Yeah. One time when I was like, tw- mm, no, nah, it was probably like 17. Me and Ducky were going there to the Swansea Mall and it was snowing out. And we got stuck going up that road because it's like slightly uphill. Um, but like we got through, but then we got a little bit further up and there was a, uh, a elderly couple who was stuck. And <laughs> in this, the bowel. Yeah. And this old man trying to get it out with his wife, like hitting the gas. And I'm like, oh, fucking help these old people, dude, before one of them dies. So I'm like, sir, get the fuck back in your automobile. <laughs> Before you die, allow me and the duckster here to fuck things up for your car and get it out this pothole. And you know what? He sat back down in his car and I fucking picked it up right there on the bottom. Like, mm. And I was like, all right, one, two, boom. And I fucking just fell flat on my face and my shoes slipped out from under me. <laughs> like I hit the top of my head, my forehead on the fucking bumper of this dude's car. And it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. But then I got back up and helped him push his car out, and I felt better. But my head hurt for like two days. So fuck that road for the Swansea Mall. Not a throughway my ass. Fuck you guys. Anyway, Retail Apocalypse 2019. Hashtag 2019. Can you hashtag just the number 2019? Maybe. Can you hashtag numbers? Maybe. Probably. I think so. Yeah. I hashtagged something yesterday didn't think, that I didn't think I could hashtag. What'd you hashtag? Geared up geared up yeah why wouldn't you be able to hashtag that i didn't know well i thought was, i was gonna do geared up 2019 and i couldn't do the 2019 but i could do the geared up oh that was weird it wouldn't do it as one word that's stupid yeah i don't know we need to write a letter about hashtags <laughs> to the hashtag people well making hashtags is easier to use for old people why isn't it just called a pound anymore because it's a hashtag <laughs> why because <laughs> pound when sounds, did we change it pound sounds dirty <laughs> All right, so Promise Neverland, we did it. We talked about it. I think we hit all the major points. I mean, it's obviously a show about fucking growing up and how it sucks dick because you might get turned into brain food by demons and how your mom, even though she might love you, she still might be psychologically abusing the (laughs) shit out of you and readying you to be a repeat abuser so that way you will go on to raise your own little herd of brain food children that you can then psychologically abuse into never venturing outside the walls of the compound. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> also, the violence is cool. <laughs> Break a leg. <laughs> oh, oh, don't cut your ear off. Just kidding. It's cool. Cool, dude. That fucking. We're doing it all now. Brutal. Holy shit! All right. So yeah. I don't really know how this thing is gonna work out yet. We've got a few different ideas floating around. We did promise Neverland today. I want Super Dope Anime Hour to be an excuse to do something different all the time. I don't want to cover the newest popular animes every single week in a similar fashion to what we did with Dragon Ball Super. Because you know what? I don't give a fuck about that many new animes to be able to but do But that. that's the other thing, too, is that there's so many mainstream anime, and people forget about all the other animes that are out there. And, like, I bet you I could say, let's do a thing about Claymore. And 90% of you people will be like, what the fuck is Claymore? And what be like, really? You me. need to watch it. It's actually really cool. What's you need it to about? Watch it. So a bunch of these, uh, they're, they're, they fight demons, another demon one. Um, but they're women. 
who are trained to fight demons, but they're also infused with demon blood and can eventually turn into demons themselves, and it's just really crazy. So Okay. Is it's, that a long running anime or it's got a couple seasons, yeah. It's got is like it older, two. newer? Um not oldest, but somewhere in between. All right. Mm-hmm. So like there are so many animes that kind of fit exactly what you just said, not in terms of like genre or shit they cover, but like it's not super old, it's not really new or recent, but it's really good. Maybe it's a short run stuff. And they're big right now, anime's big on making a lot of uh being stuck in video game ones right now you got sword out online <laughs> which came out with another season um then you have log horizon which i log log horizon i L-O-G? absolutely yeah like poop like you logged on oh okay which i think is amazing and i wish they would come back with another season with it it's just huh uh because they show you how they manipulate the game itself and how they work with it. Like, shit, we're stuck in this. Who knows if we're ever going to get out? Uh, well, let's fucking go with it and manipulate it. And then all these other animes that are out there. So I like watching all of them, all the little ones. So there's a ton of material from us to pick through. In this that one about world. the Prohibition. About not drinking? Yeah. This, this is an anime about the Prohibition era. Oh, man. It we was really cool. podcast why we do that one, but drink the whole way through. <laughs> You should drink for that. That's actually really good anime. You have to watch that one. All right, yeah. cool. What's it called? Do you know? No. Oh, all right. 61, 28. It's a number. Okay. That's all I remember. Word. Uh, there's a ton of shit that, that we can pick from that's both new and old. So here's how I kind of think I want to do it, and this is subject to change, so don't hold me to it, but we'll see. Um, I thought you said don't hold me to it. Yeah, don't hold me. Hold me. <laughs> now hold me, hold me. So... I'd like to do one episode like this a month where we review, talk about one of these newer animes. I think next month we're going to do Mob Psycho. So for the month of May, we're talking about Mob Psycho. Um, I would like one week, another week, uh, to be maybe something older. Like uh, I would like to – I won't say Akira now because hopefully if all things went well um, with the launch plan, Akira has already been done. Uh, But we would do like another older – As I'm staring over here and I see Akira – Right there. Yeah. VHS. I got a a copy on VHS. I've also got a copy on DVD over there. You have a copy of Ghost in a Shell in VHS. So that was going to be my next example. (laughs) Maybe uh, in the month of May for like an old school kind of anime movie. Ghost in a Shell. We do something like Ghost in the Shell. I'd hate Mm -hmm. to go to Ghost in the Shell that soon in the fucking, in the rotation here or whatever, but we have. They are. They do have newer things of Ghost in a Shell too. Yeah. No, they they made up the old ones too. I'd want to go with that first one first, obviously. But um, my point is. One week, we'll do newer animes like we did today. Promise Neverland was this month. Maybe next month is Mob Psycho, and then we'll see where we're at for June. This month, hopefully, was Akira. Next month might be something like Ghost in the Shell. But we or... can also do movies, like, in general. Besides Akira, but, like, I can do Rumble, Howl's one Moving half Castle. My concubine. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. You know, shit oh, like dude, that. Oh, dude, any of those fucking Ghibli movies. Yeah. yeah. We can do any of that shit. And Alicia, who I'm going to be doing Bebop with later today, um, she is an expert in all that shit. She knows all the good ones. So like, I'd really like to do- Oh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, we do Mononoke. Uh, I really want to do Your Name uh, really mm, badly. Mm. Um, so there's a ton of different movies that we can pick from. I'd also like to be able to do, at least once a month, a consideration to you, the fucking audience, because let's be real, I don't have a podcast without Dragon Ball, and you wouldn't be listening to this podcast without It's too Dragon. bad my ex doesn't live over here. Who's your ex? Daniel. 
Oh yeah, huh? Where's he living now? Connecticut. He's in Connecticut. He's Roman. a wicked anime nerd. Yeah, I know. Like it. this would be right up his alley. Like, All these other ones. He speaks so much Japanese. He does. Yeah, he does. And uh, not to mention that he's volunteered and worked at Anime Expo. I don't know how many times. Really? Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll do new anime one week, some kind of movie thing the second week. I want one of the weeks to be Dragon Ball focused. <sighs> Gotta find that dragon ball. So I kind of feel weird about it. I think mainly it's because um, I don't want the people who listen to this show to think that I'm dishing Dragon Ball because I'm so fucking frustrated with the toxicity of our goddamn fan base right now and how much I hate you fucks and how much you brought politics into it and you made this unfun for everybody. Find me one fucking Vic accuser who does not have a MAGA fucking profile picture. Find me one. <laughs> but... <laughs> Did I say Vic accuser because I meant Vic supporter. Find me one fucking Vic supporter who doesn't have a MAGA hat as his fucking Facebook profile picture. Find me fucking one. I'm still trying to get over the fact that we saw like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old child at GameStop wearing a MAGA hat. Oh, my God. Isn't that scary? Kids yeah. don't know what they do. Kids don't nope. know the shit that they support sometimes. Nope. My brother's 15 years old. That fucking mentality of just being like 15 and wanting to fit in with a group of people mm. because you want to be socially accepted, that in and of itself is fucking dangerous. Never mind when that's the kind of shit you see on TV all day, every day, mm -hmm. and you think it's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Build a wall. <laughs> We're all 15 <laughs> and friends, so we can say it together in the fucking safety of our group. Well, I think... Uh... Russell said it yesterday. We were joking with Alexa, and we said, Alexa, can you nullify the 2016 elections? And it said, <laughs> playing, um, they, it started playing like, uh, music to meditate to. And I was like, that's not what I asked, but thanks. But actually, <laughs> I do need to calm down about yeah. this. <laughs> it's not what I asked you for, but it kind of is what I asked you for, too. <laughs> So I still want to keep one week Dragon Ball focused, um, whether that be about news. Maybe we'll do um, a movie here and there over the next couple months. Because, again, if, if Super comes back in July, like everyone says it will, um, then we'll go back to doing weekly Super episodes for sure. Uh, maybe in conjunction with what we're doing now. Maybe in July we're a twice a week podcast. Um, in the meantime, we're going to be doing other shit just because I'm beating a fucking dead horse. If I talk about dubs one more, I've been putting off dubs for so long. I think we might do one dub episode this month. I think it's gonna be me and Brandon, but you guys listen to us cause you love Dragon Ball. And if you are going to stick around and, uh, listen to us babble about other fucking animes and be douchebags about that too. We love you. Thank you. But, uh, I figure once a month I should at least throw you a Dragon Ball bone, right? Dragon Ball Bone. But not to mention it'll help other people probably figure out things they might actually like, too. Oh, for sure. And that's one reason. That was a big driving factor as to why we wanted to do this. Since we started, besides the people in our group, you've been one of the people to be like, you did you watch the shit? And I'm like, no, Dragon Ball. <laughs> like, yeah. so, did you watch Dragon Ball? No, but I watched all of Black Clover right now. Have you I'm seen like, Black Clover? Like, Fuck Black You'd really Clover. like Black Clover. You should probably watch Black Clover. We'll do Black Clover. But <laughs> you, you can't. You can't fuck with Dragon Ball, all right? You just can't. Um, damn it. What the fuck was I even trying to say? <laughs> oh, we've had a lot of people who, by way of the survey and just people who you mm -hmm. know talk to us in general, were like, you guys should do these animes. You should talk about I want to hear you talk about this one. I want to hear you talk about this one. And that was one thing that kind of factored into our decision. But we also had people on the other side with My Hero Academia 
when I found started watching My Hero Academia, I I fucking took to it quick. I love that shit, and people could hear my passion about it talking about it on the podcast. People who never thought to watch it before, they were like, "Yeah, whatever." And they're like, yo, thanks for making us watch that. That shit was awesome. <laughs> like, hopefully we can help you guys find some cool shit to watch that you might not have watched already. Uh, and I'm sure that there will be times where we watch. Maybe that'll be the fourth week. Instead of like a random thing, the fourth week of the month, we go out of our way to find the most obnoxiously bad anime something, movie, series, whatever, and just shit on it. We can just get bombed Hey, oh, wait, that's live action. Don't talk about Superdome. <laughs> no, we are the Superdome anime hour for now. Um, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to branch out into some live action shit because I've got like a lot of kung, random kung fu movies down there. Uh, I do have Superdome over there, which I <laughs> yes. I wanted to do Superdome so bad, <laughs> so fucking bad. If we could, fit, yeah, yeah, we got to do Superdome. But we got to figure out how to work that in. So yeah. <laughs> the plan is for the rest of the year. We enjoy for our Patreon where we're going to be breaking down every episode. If you're hearing this today, um, there should be Death Note Super Dope up there on the Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope, I guess still for now. Um, Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. You can download all 39 episodes of our Death Note podcast. And then at least the first 13 episodes of Cowboy Bebop Subidop or I just call it Bebop Subidop because that's fun to say say it you don't saying it right you gotta say you gotta say Bebop Subidop I can't say it like that you gotta pop your bees in your peas pop that pee so Trigon uh, maybe so we've got the next two series picked out for our limited runs um, I'm not gonna tell you what they are now. You're gonna oh, have to okay. wait. I, we got the next two planned out though. Um, I'm actually really we got release dates and all, so I'm, I'm fucking amped. I gotta go home and finish watching Super Lovers. So Super Lovers. Yeah. Sounds kind of gay. It is. It got way gay than I thought it was gonna get. At one point, I was like, "Holy shit!" Is this a yaoi thing? I, I I think it turned into it, and I was like, "I don't I don't know I don't know if I can watch. This is on Crunchyroll." <laughs> <laughs> Crunchyroll started their own like, software the channel. Fuck? <laughs> so we're gonna keep doing this uh this general anime shit. Super comes back in July, we'll do that, but we're also gonna be continue to do limited run uh anime on our Patreon page. So Death Note and Cowboy Bebop are there now. We'd appreciate your support. Uh, we worked hard on them over the last three months, so um if you wanna purchase those and have a good time. Super dope. <laughs> yeah, even my sister's involved. Yeah, Amber was like pretty instrumental in getting yeah. Death Note done. She was a driving for Amber and Feds are real heavy in Death Note. Um, it's pretty much just the three of us. I mean, we have a couple people uh, cycle in. I think you might cycle in, but like accidentally, like you just walk in the room. Yeah, uh, just after the potato chip scene. Yep, <laughs> totally missed it. Every it's time the we only, talk to you, about only Death part. Note. It's the and, only scene I wanted to be there for. <laughs> yeah. and you walked in like literally as it was wrapping up. <laughs> Uh, Mike Norm does the same thing in, in a lot of those episodes. Just kind of walks in, hey, what's up? And then sometimes sticks around, sometimes leaves. So <laughs> leaves. <laughs> Bebop has been um, fun. Like we got a lot of different people involved. We got you. We got my buddy Stabby, uh, who I used to watch Bebop with back when we were twelve. Grew up in the neighborhood with me and Carlton and Jimmy. I uh, got Jimmy involved now that he's out of jail. Hallelujah, by and by. <laughs> 
uh, Martinelli and Alicia are involved. Uh, Sleeper is supposed to be getting involved in that one. So, um, yeah, we, we're in crunch time for Bebop if I want to hit any of these fucking deadlines, which is why the first 13 episodes may only be available at this point in time. Um, could be 26. Let's see how productive I get in the next 14 days. <laughs> Well, at least it's not a lot of episodes of Bebop. I mean, it'd be cool if they did make more, but... 26. I feel like it's a perfect run. Yeah. Um, Doesn't... Not too long. Definitely not too short. I like those, like, one, two season kind of stuff. Yeah. That's why I enjoy watching. In order to be able to fully appreciate something, you have to see the end of it. Like, I just started watching Fairy Tale, and I'm on episode 122, and I'm like, (laughs) it's going to be a lot to go. Dude. And then I looked at Case Closed as 900 and so I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it's like no. the longest running anime of all time, right? Yep. It's going to be 1,000 shortly, I say, it's in the next two years. more than one piece. Yep. It's fucking nuts. Yep. I, I love that the anime style is still old. Yeah, it looks it's like the, and, It classic. still looks like an old, older anime, which is cool. They didn't, they didn't re-change it. It didn't re- get like, it. updated a lot over the years. And for some reason, it reminds me of Inspector Gadget, hmm. like the anime style <laughs> for some reason. Maybe we can watch some shit on... Case closed. So, super dope anime hour. Yeah. Super dope. Super dope. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Can't with this music, rate, subscribe, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. You know what to do. What the fuck was that other one? Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. Never heard of it. That's where podcasts live. Uh Okay. It's like the Netflix of podcasting. Ah. If I hear one more fucking company say they're going to be the Netflix of podcasting again, <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's fine if you think that that's like a catchy thing to get investors to give you fucking money, but it literally already exists. It's called Stitcher. Take called five Stitcher. fucking minutes to do a little bit of research, and you'll know that. You fucking idiot. <laughs> We're going to be a Netflix of podcasting. Yeah. Just like I'm going to be fucking geeked them 101. Suck my balls. <laughs> Sum it up. Deuces. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you uh, for Akira. Maybe right now. Maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know. Akira. All right. Akira. Akira. No, wait. Kanada. Akira. I just Kanada. said Akira. Tetsuo. Akira. The big giant bear thing. <laughs> That's not the word, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>